Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name is Zach, and this week I've got the regular crew. I've got Mark, and I have Steve. How's Mark today? Mark is okay. How is Zach? Mark, Zach is fine. <laughs> Zach is very sore from from Saturday all day Saturday at the Renaissance Fair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got stories. So oh, looking little, forward uh, to oh, that. Nice. Yes, okay, we'll get into that. But how is Steve? Steve is operating within functional parameters. <laughs> just how we like him <laughs> but today we're gonna have a, a regular talk show episode for you all uh, but like we always do we want to start off with our segment wish of the week week we talk about anything we're excited for from movies to rpgs to video games uh this week uh steve's real excited so i'm just gonna let him go he could just oh jump right out the gate okay yeah so and, steve <laughs> well okay i i play video games right and and people know that no, I'm a, wait yeah. a second you play video games shock and awe and and here's <laughs> kind of the thing i am exclusively a console gamer i don't play pc games at all and i love rpgs so this means that for my entire adult life since college, I've had this huge blind spot for what PC people call the greatest RPGs of all time, um, like these, uh, uh, like the the Baldur's Gate series one and two, um, yeah, and uh, Planescape, and they are coming to consoles. All of the amazing freaking old D and D games are Ooh. getting ported by uh, Beamdog. Um, they're coming out with uh, Neverwinter Nights. Um, uh, yeah. Planes, uh, Baldur's Gate one and two, the Icewind Dale game, and um, oh, all like all like five in total are are coming out. They're going to release them separately. Like two of them are going to be two packs, and one's going to be a standalone. Um, and they're going to be fifty bucks a piece, which is kind of steep. But they're all getting remastered. Uh, they're getting a lot of updates, uh, new content to them, and um, and and they're coming to consoles. So I can that's beautiful. Finally, see what the actual Baldur's Gate is like, and bask in what's <laughs> supposed to be the amazing writing and. <clears throat> RPG goodness of Planescape Torment. So yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, coming thrilled. coming from a person that has played Baldur's Gate one and some of Baldur's Gate two, mm-hmm. um, you'll love it. You'll I absolutely okay. love it. Oh. The writing, the writing's amazing. Okay, so the oh. writing's dated, but the writing's amazing. <laughs> okay, well, I you can know? I can live with that. I'm not expecting Shakespeare, but at the same time, this always gets held up as sort of the like you know one of the high water marks of RPGs. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you haven't really played RPGs if you haven't played Baldur's Gate one and two, and not the crappy console ones. Okay, footnote, the the crappy console ones were actually amazing, but I know they're not <laughs> Bell Baldur's Gate. They're totally different types of games, so... Right, exactly. But... But yeah, the, uh, the true Baldur's Gate experience is wonderful, yes. and, and I'm excited for you, I Steve. so looking forward to this, so yay! Thank you, Beamdog. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Beamdog. Alrighty. Uh, Mark, do you, what's your wish of the week this week? Um, I got a uh, Kickstarter uh, fulfillment this week. Um, I think I talked about uh, Spectaculars before. It's a yes. uh, superhero role-playing game um, that uh, it, it looks very interesting from a world-building perspective. Um, there's a lot of uh, 
lot of world building that goes into it and you know communal uh type stuff to to build a superhero universe which makes it uh very interesting um hmm. i'm not so sure i mean the actual gameplay seems kind of uh generic it also seems kind of uh one shot ish you know you kind of create a a you create characters and situations play that out and then shuffle everything and and play it again so it doesn't huh. seem like it's real um uh campaign oriented but uh it, it looks interesting so so the game's more about like building sort of the world around the superheroes rather than or like like it doesn't give you the preconstructed kind of environment and setting no uh that's one of the things you sit down and has like a questionnaire of of uh, things, you know, if you want to set up a, you know, Gotham City, for example, um, right. you would you would create the theme, you know, you, you make it more Gotham City-ish, or you make it more Metropolis, um, or do you set it on a space station, do you set it underwater, you know, you, you, you create as a group what you want to do, and then you create your characters based on that. Um, there are several there are several card decks, so you can do a lot of it randomly too. Um, so uh, I I like that world building aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know it would it would be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I've I've been looking for a really good superhero game, and mm-hmm. nothing I've seen has has really grabbed me. Um, yeah, you know, I used to play the old. Uh, DC heroes, which I really yeah. enjoyed, um, and you know we, we've talked about champions and uh, mm-hmm. um, icons and some others. So uh, you know, just you know, it, it's nice to see some other options out there. I think superheroes is such a unique and interesting genre for role playing, but I've never mm-hmm. had an experience that really, really kind of set me off. So I'm really looking forward to seeing. Dig in, digging into this a little deeper and seeing what it has to offer. Well, honestly, yeah, if it's um, uh, it sounds like if it's more session oriented, maybe we could do a one off on the spectacular sometime. That sounds like fun. Absolutely, sure. Yeah, definitely, I'd be up for it. Mm-hmm. We've always cool. talked about you know we need to do a superhero game. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, this week for me, uh, other than my stories here after Wish of the Week, but um. <laughs> But uh, recently, there is has been a release from Mongoose Publishing. Uh, it is the Sea of Thieves role playing mm-hmm. game. Yes. Uh, so based based around the uh, the the wonderful, beautiful Microsoft game, uh, Sea of Thieves. They have they have made it into a tabletop game. I'm excited for it. I really am because it 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 would it seems like it would do well in a true RPG setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you getting it then? I assume you're getting it, but are you most most definitely I'm gonna get it? <laughs> okay, good deal. <laughs> Without question, that's probably yeah yeah. I'm Yar. probably doing that after this episode. <laughs> most likely when I'm doing that, but um, but yeah, it's it it looks really exciting and uh, and I already love the game and the lore behind it and uh, and you know it'd be interesting to see you know these stories expand on you know at the table in a game in a campaign. So, uh, you know, it'd be really cool. It sounds like a great game to do an RPG on, too, because there's so much about co-op and, and 
and kind of the the whole social interplay built into mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves to begin with. Like it's practically an RPG already. So just you know making yeah. pen and paper rules around it is just a natural fit. Exactly because they have they have many many NPCs all over all of the islands and all these different areas and there's now in in the game there are you know it's they're called tall tales and so there're these more you know elaborate storylines and it's like it's it's really evolving into a true RPG is is really what it's doing beautiful yeah. now you've played the the video game right that oh that, extensively uh, so- i yeah, I got the game on um, on PC on launch day. Ah, nice! <laughs> wow. So yeah, I started off playing on PC and then uh, then transitioned over to to the Xbox because it's a, a Xbox. Uh, it's a Microsoft Play Anywhere game. So I bought mm. it on PC, and uh, and I still have it on my account, and so I get to play it on my Xbox, and it's nice. amazing. It's really cool. Okay. And cool. you know Mongoose is going to do a good job with it. Oh, Mongoose so. is going to do an amazing yeah. job. And the art style already with the game and, you know, their artists, it's like they didn't even have to do that much, all, yeah. uh, you know, with, on the art side of things. Yeah. Which point. is amazing. It's probably why it came really out so cool. fast. Yeah. All they had to do was write a set of rules and get a publisher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how we say all, we said, all they had to do, like, that's nothing. Like, <laughs> they could have done that in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I I just did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh man. But yeah, yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um yeah, most likely I'm just going to get that here in just a little bit. <laughs> nice. And then start digging through it. Makes sense. But yeah. Um Yeah, and I think that'll be it for this segment of Wish of the Week. Now on to our main topics. Uh, first things first, it's story time. Yes. <laughs> We're storytellers, of course. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, on a recent episode, I had said I went to the, our, our local Renaissance fair and, uh, and fenced with, with someone. Because I used, to, I, I used to be trained in fencing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I went... And they were like, hey, you're really good. Um, you should join us. <laughs> and so I went, all right, uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> so um, so I decided to join um, what is known as the Yeoman Bodyguard. And we, we're essentially the, the beef eaters in, uh, in London. So they're, they're guards for the, the royal family. Oh. And essentially, that's what we do at the Renaissance Fair. So oh. we have all these actors that play the the Queen and King, and all these you know townspeople and everything. And so it's like this this huge theater troupe. Mm-hmm. Nice, and it's it's really amazing. But um, but yeah, I I uh, fenced a few times yesterday, hmm. and man, I'm just I'm feeling it. I'm just <laughs> really feeling it. Are I was gonna- there from. Uh, from 8 a.m. to to probably 8 p.m. I was there for a good 12 hours. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah, on and off my feet. And yeah. it's it's like 80, 88 with like 95% humidity because it's Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm jealous. But yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, lately. Uh, yeah, that humidity probably came back after uh, <laughs> after all that nice weather. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's it's like it was it was tough, but uh, and my body's really feeling it. But it was a, it was a lot of fun. So do um, they meet like for practices regularly? Or are you like is this? Yeah. Gonna... So they they do it once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get together. We run drills. We do stuff because it's, it's like um, you know a peasant army yeah. essentially is what they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because they don't wear armor, they're they're just self trained in weaponry and, and and stuff like that. So it's uh, but it's it's you know we we do uh, instructional stuff. So it's like the the organization is uh, like a living museum. Okay. essentially is mm. what what they are. Um, so they take donations. They do fight a night, which is you pay five dollars and you can you can learn learn from somebody on how you know this weapon is used and, and you know how some some different techniques and stuff with fighting so you get a little lesson and you get to have some fun and fight somebody now are you cool. using uh, padded swords or uh, uh actual and, and then so you have so fencing gear then or yep okay yep we have full masks and, okay. and uh doublets and everything so hmm. but they are they are um training swords so yeah. you know yeah. all dulled edges and right. everything so yeah um, but they're, they are actual weapons, okay. you know, with the, with the exception of, you know, say foils are more bendy than yeah. actual swords were, you know, mm-hmm. that, that safety stuff, but they're actual blades. Um, and then we have this huge weapons wall where we've got maybe upwards of 70, 80 weapons on this wall. Um, and anybody can come up and, and learn about anything they want to. And, you know, it's a big, just, just big teaching moment in history class. And it's just really great. Nice. Sounds awesome. That seems like a really cool a group to be involved in too. Like mm-hmm. congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like I said, uh, they get to re- together once a month to do training and drills and, you know, going over, you know, company stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they do the, the fairs, different fairs. They have, uh, this one here, they do. Uh, one up at the OU campus in Norman in Oklahoma here, and um, and they they're up in Kansas City as well. A lot of the people down here that work with us are from Kansas City. Hmm. So, okay. um, but yeah, it's like it's just this huge group of people that comes together and, and has a great time and uh, helps teach people about what we love. <laughs> nice, that's yeah, awesome. Absolutely, that's really cool. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, to the future of, uh, of what this brings. Maybe I'll lose some weight finally. Uh, <laughs> all righty. But now, now let's get into the real topics here. Um, we've got a couple things, uh, that we wanted to talk about that we found on the reddits because that's where we find 90% of our topics. So thank you, Reddit for existing, <laughs> not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so this first one, it's it's just a question. It's what's the weirdest thing you have used in lieu of actual dice to determine to determine the result of a quote unquote roll. Uh, do you all have personal experience with this? Have you done anything funky um, and weird? I think the closest is you know using cards that might have a a random number on it, but uh, yeah, that's. That's about the closest I can think of anything. Yeah, I I remember a particularly boring card trip where uh, card trip where we wanted to play something and didn't have dice around, and I actually wrote a program on a calculator to do dice rolling. Mm. So yeah. that's nice. probably the weirdest I got. Yeah, I assume we're not talking Sweet. about you know using established dice rolling apps. I've done that too. Right. No. Yeah. yeah but, but yeah, that's not. Yeah, weird. that's that's kind of cool. That's that's kind of. Uh... 
Yeah, writing your own intricate it takes. Yeah, writing you writing your own kind of coding. God bless the TI eighty five. Yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We've all had experience with it. Yes. Um, uh, for me personally, you know, b- because it's a you know it's written into the rules, um, and it's not you know in place of rolling the dice. Um, but Jenga using dread. I was, playing, I was playing mm-hmm. with Jenga. I was thinking yeah. that, yeah, but. yeah. But it's not. It's not like a oh, you know, it doesn't have a you know one to t- one or twenty or you know yeah. whatever. And it's not an improvised it's just thing. Pass it's, or fail. Yeah, yeah. But that would be a you know interesting thing, definitely. Um, yeah, now, I was just gonna actually another one uh, just of thought of is for LARPing. Quite often <laughs> they do things like. Uh, Rock paper, rock paper, scissors, or rock, something paper, scissors. like that. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, you know, so you know, so LARPing does a lot of trying to find those kind of clever alternatives, quick and easy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But have you read through some of these comments that people are saying? You know what what their responses have been. Well, <laughs> I read that. I read they, they mentioned that um uh, things that people use in prison article that I read. I think, and we mm. may have even talked oh, about right. that a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we, did, we did talk about this. Uh, but that are you was talking about the six sided pencil. Well, uh, right below that, I think, or somebody's got a, a link in there to the actual article on Vice. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Where it's like people they use a lot of spinners because basically the guards confiscate dice. Um, yeah. but they can get away with all sorts of other kind of random number generated things. So they make like paper dice or they've got elaborate, you know, uh, ways to make like randomized spinners that had, go one to 20, things like that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to me how big RPGs are in prison, but it makes total sense. I've, I've heard about like, there's the one here about pennies. I've heard about that using coins of some sort. And uh, are you talking yeah, about the yeah. last one? The yeah. last one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm slightly confused by that one. <laughs> yeah, it was, what it says is throw, throw 11 pennies at a wall divided by 10 or 50, depending. So I guess... Um, well, depending on, on what kind of role, if you're looking to get like a, a, a percentile die or something mm, like that. Yeah. Um, it seems like you'd need pretty much a calculator. And then you round, basically, you know, based on the decimal. Um, you based round on, up yeah. to the nearest yeah. actual number to make your result. But you, at that point, you've got a calculator. Like, <laughs> clearly yeah, you're yeah. not... But if, up for... but if you're just going for like a simulating a D10, you could just take ten coins and toss them all at once, and whatever you know, count the number of heads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. no, absolutely, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Someone said flipping two coins to get a D4, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on that same one, it said um, also looking at the last number of random pages from a big book. For a D10. That's actually oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, zero through through nine. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. But yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see, you know, people's uh people's takes on, you know, creative ways to get around to dice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh yeah, absolutely. Of course, as a um, rabid role player, I, it, I it's hard not to find dice. dice laying it's around, hard not so. to have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, um, next one. The next one, Steve seemed kind of excited about. Um, he might be doing this at some point in his life. <laughs> uh, any advice on DMing for a 10-year-old's birthday? Oh, <laughs> Steve, do you have any advice for DMing a 10-year-old's birthday? Well, I don't actually have advice on DMing a 10-year-old's birthday. I was just getting excited about the fact that it seems like that would be a really great themed birthday for a 10-year-old. Like, kids yes, really get into role-playing games way more 
naturally than adults do. Like, they're mm-hmm. used to playing pretend and dress up and blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, the only thing that's kind of off-putting or alienating the kids is the giant rule books and huge amount of reading that's sometimes involved. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you like want to theme an RPG around basically make up and make believe and, you know, introduce them to some kind of basic RPG concept concepts. I'd imagine kids would like, that would really go over well at a party like that. Um, so in this example, I think they, uh, um, they basically, they're kind of like setting up sort of a scavenger hunt type thing. They've got sort of a, a basic kind of little adventure to run the kids through. And, yeah. Uh, the only thing that separates that from like straight up role playing is if like you know the kids like made characters or were playing characters that weren't necessarily them through it. So I would imagine that would really go over well for a, a birthday party, and and that totally seems well, like yeah. something that I'd want to have done when I was a kid. <laughs> well, it's just, that's essentially LARPing. Yeah, like, if you make characters yeah. for the kids and they're running around the yard, you know, doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a- accomplishing some tasks. That's mm-hmm. that's uh that's kitty LARPing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I I think just you know as, as a bigger topic here, the idea of, of gaming for kids is uh, you know it's a great idea. It's it's something that's really worth worth trying. Um, I don't know, Steve, if you remember, uh, we were at a, a game convention up in uh, I think it was Okoe. Yeah. I yeah. was playing so we were playing some uh, Steam Spy. Yep. And uh, I had a a father come up and he had a girl, I don't even remember how old she was, eight, nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, what's, what's the youngest, you know, how old do you have to be to play this game? And I was like, I don't know. Let's find out. And she, <laughs> she dove right into it. She was awesome. She was coming up with this great story about, uh, Oh, that's great. I have a cup of tea and I'm throwing the tea at the villain to be a weapon. And, Oh man! You know, yeah. I mean, just beautiful stuff that you know was great. Mm-hmm. So, um, so absolutely, uh, you know, uh, I, I agree. You know, maybe finding a, a simple, more simplistic uh, rule set is a nice thing. It's probably helpful. I mean, or just or just making one. Yeah, you know, like real sure. quick. All it has to be is, you know, what what you roll for. You know, for a skill check. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it could just be a general skill. It doesn't really have to have any attributes or anything to it. That's yeah. true. Uh, and and what the success number would be. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of all you need. Sure. For for that situation. Yeah. Right? Because if you're if you're a GM that has some experience, you're gonna just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, sorry, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring yesterday back into today, but um, one of uh, one of the the brothers, one of uh, one of our our members, um was fighting kids for mm. half the day. Okay. Yeah. And just watching him just <laughs> like act that. and ham it up and everything. Okay, yeah. um, it's the same concept. Well, it's just, we have yeah. a, there's a, there's a show at Disney called the Jedi training Academy. Oh my yes. God. Which is so these little kids to come on stage and they treat, they're training them how to be a Jedi and they have the little plastic lightsabers and they show them a few moves. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden the, the, rumbles and the stage shakes and the doors open and Darth Vader comes out and says, ah, I'm going to break this up or whatever. And then all the little kids fight Darth Vader. Go fight Darth Vader. You know, use the moves. And it's just, you know, it's a corny, silly show, but it's so cool to watch. Um, Oh, God. And, you know, I I would love that as a kid, you know? Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, just, just to see these kids... You know, fighting Darth Vader and having this great time, you know. Yeah. It, it's exactly the same thing, you know. 
So right. it, it kids are natural role players. And mm-hmm. if you can, yeah, because it's all about imagination. Of and course. Kids, kids have an infinite amount of imagination. Well, you know, when whenever you pick up a role-playing book and it has that section in the beginning of what is role-playing, it almost always says, well, imagine back to when you were playing cops and robbers as little kids. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's... Yeah, I- what it is. That's role play. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think in a lot of ways, kids are actually better suited to role playing than adults are because, I mean, mm-hmm. they've been doing it more frequently and more often. And, and basically, you're just making a rudimentary set of rules for playing pretend. Um, yes. Additionally, yeah. I think kids are not as put off at, at making like new characters, their own characters. Like they've mm-hmm. got, you know, I don't know, imaginary friends or whatever. But like, you know, it's, it's, when you have, kids describing you know like stuff that they're doing or playing generally it's their own crazy ideas like you know they can mm-hmm. you know they, they play with star wars toys but half the time you know it's it's all it's it's all stories that they make up they don't redo the movies 87 times they're making <laughs> right. up their own stuff yeah um so yeah i mean i don't know it kids are really great role players so i don't think they get enough credit yes yeah exactly and i think we've we've talked about um you know role playing to kids Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the past on a, on a previous episode, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll elaborate some of the some of the things we said in that. Sure, but I agree completely that kids are the best role players. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, it's because they have they have less crap padding between yes. their brain and their imagination. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like basically half of playing role playing games is getting through all those filters that we've kind of built up over not looking silly and not being goofy and, mm-hmm. and, and just sort of acting how we're supposed to act and, you know, and not embarrassing ourselves and kids don't have that. So boom. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, something. So something that's kind of topical to what Mark just talked about. Um, have you all heard any of the stuff about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge yet? Sure. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> I guess, it, well, it's made a big pop recently because I guess it just opened in, in California, right? So in yeah. California, yeah. Mark, what can you tell us being that you're our inside man? Well, I, I saw YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, just some of the... Uh, and, and it's funny to see the, the uh, YouTube videos because they always... You know, these people are the first ones to see it. So they're walking in. There's like four people in the whole land. And yeah. it's like, wow, that looks awesome. But it's not going to be that way. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. be, there's going to be yeah. a thousand people crammed shoulder to right. shoulder. Um, yeah. You know, four hour waits for the ride. And, you know, these people are walking around oh, yeah. and saying, Ooh, this is awesome. And it does look great. It really does look good. Um, you know, it, it's going to, I think it's going to have a very different dynamic when you get the, the crowds in there. but. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, just looking at the opening stuff just yeah. Kind of It looks it looks good. It, it, it looks does. Really good. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little choked up seeing I, uh, some of that stuff and Oh. Yeah. The idea well, of walking well, up absolutely. to the walking up and walking around the Millennium to the Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so cool. It's great. It's great. What's the ETA on the on uh, coming to Orlando? I think I heard 90 days. Uh, really? Yes. That's soon. The other day. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's August. And, uh, They're some, close. End of August, I think. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, and we when we drove by it, it didn't look like they were working on a ton of, like external stuff no they they're putting they're working on some they're doing not a whole lot they're probably doing the final touches now doing some ride testing and you know probably getting getting ready to do some ride testing at least yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah um i i listened to a story of um of somebody who went to the cast preview 
yeah. the cast member preview. Nice. Um, and he said, even at the, the cast member preview, there was a, like a three plus hour line wait for the lightsabers. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. And but they do this whole like 15, 20 minute show with a small group of people. Yeah. It, it sounded like. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that's, that's understandable that it took that long. But, and I don't think they're cheap as I understand. It. Oh, they're, oh, you know, they're very. Because they're like they have the the crystals that you can interchange, mm-hmm. and um, you know the blade snaps on and off. It's it's a sturdy blade, you yeah. Know, whatever. It's it's they're they're you know the the hilt is is hefty and it's very custom. Yeah. You you build yours, and it's you know exactly thousands and thousands of combinations. So your your yeah. lightsaber is your lightsaber. Right, so. and you can buy all the parts, you know, separately, and you know, you can buy new crystals, and the crystals yeah. are interchangeable. Yeah, and they light up, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's too cool. Yeah, and apparently, apparently, there's like a ten percent chance that with a red crystal, you'll get a uh, a, a dark black crystal instead. Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's like it's really cool. Wow. Okay, um, and it's like the the crystals are are different. So like some of them are like cracker cracklier. Okay, like like Kylo Ren's gotcha. lightsaber, and mm-hmm. some are more you know, and all of them have different sounds. Huh. Oh, okay. Attributed with them, so it's like this is this little programmed chip that you get to put inside this this thing that reads it and you know makes it turn into something completely different. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're very extensive, and I have yeah. no idea what the price point is. I think they have people online who have said a billion how much dollars. They are yeah, well, well under the triple digits. I know. Yeah, so. oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, several hundred dollars. But and droids too. You can also make droids. So yeah, they can. Yeah, uh, you make your own droids. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and I heard about the the Falcon ride. Yeah, the Millennium Falcon yeah. ride, which mm-hmm. is you and five other people. Each have like your own stations. So it sounds pilot, co-pilot, yeah, engineers, gunners. It it sounds a lot like the uh, the Mars uh, the Mars ride one? at uh, Epcot. Yeah. When I'm, oh, okay, when I'm okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the Falcon. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And the Mars ride was just like press a button here and there. Like I could see how it'd be a lot more elaborate if you've got people playing mm-hmm. turret gunners. Well, yeah, that could be really and cool. And it's like. And it's like you go through, and if your ship gets damaged more, you owe more credits. Yeah, oh, it's like fun. you you okay. pull up a credits thing with the. They have an app that you you can interact with a bunch of stuff around the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my under, my understanding is like the whole park is a is a larping type type thing. So if you you know shoot some uh, uh, shoot some Imperials on the Millennium Falcon ride, you'll come out and the stormtroopers will all, will be harassing you. Later, mm-hmm. you know, ah! type thing. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That's uh, really and, clever. And it sounds like the the refugee area sounds really cool because it's like this heavily forested area mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with like little kiosk pop shops everywhere selling resistance stuff. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. cool. Yeah, but it looks like a lot of fun. I'm, yes. I'm definitely getting on a plane again at some point after that's <laughs> yeah. open. Good, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, bribe Mark into getting us into Disney. We'll have to see if I can. That I'm sure that's gonna be blacked out for 
Oh my god! Oh my god! For, for about a year and a half, easily or more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy, Definitely. crazy, awesome. Oh man, it's but yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's that's mm-hmm. another wish of the week. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Post post wish of the week, wish of the week, <laughs> <laughs> wish of the year. Uh, yeah. Wish of yeah, wish of my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've got one, uh, maybe one or two more things to talk about here. Um, but one that I found kind of interesting um, is titled Role-Playing Health and Safety Training. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently the, the guys have read more of this than I have. <laughs> 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 even though I'm the one who found Do you it. even read these things before you send them to us? That's my question. Um, sometimes. <laughs> this this role-playing on it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I skimmed like the, the first two paragraphs because this is a pretty <laughs> lengthy one. Yeah. The other ones I, I usually read all of, but this was kind of lengthy and last minute. But <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, well, I, I think, uh, but yeah, I think there's a bigger topic to this anyway. So I think uh, it's, absolutely. it's absolutely worth worth bringing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the premise is it's about a guy talking about using role playing uh, for health and safety training on kind of a corporate level. Um, and I know corporations do a lot of this sort of training. I, I, for my, my work, I have a lot of these kind of classes I have to go to and take yeah. over and over again. And, um, yeah, the, the thought behind this, this uh, article is to try to incorporate role-playing as opposed to just a dry reciting of, if you do this, you're going to get hurt. Type yeah, PowerPoint thing. exam. Yeah, yeah exactly. example. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and, and I think that's done a lot uh, in, in other classes. Um, you know, when you get into uh, sensitivity training and uh, some of those sort of things, um, sexual harassment training, you'll have, you know, you'll be seeing people play out scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, uh, he's talking about health and safety. And he's talking, I think, a little bit more about you know, dice rolling to kind of see, um, to represent the, the chances and the odds of, of getting something hurt. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I, I think the challenge for this, and I, I think somebody's mentioned it is <laughs> we've all seen those runs of dice of, you know, Somebody explain. Yeah, explain. This is really dangerous. Then have everybody come up and roll twenties. You know, yeah, exactly. like, no, nope, ah, that's fine. fine. See? Yeah, <laughs> that and the oh, fact man. that you know when people uh, are uh, have dice in their hand, they're 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 fearless. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. You know, the, the whole point yeah, of role playing exactly. is to remove the the risk, the danger, yeah, so, the risk and the yeah, mm-hmm. the real life danger. Right. So I think uh, I, you know, I can see where this might be a challenge, but it's an it's an interesting way of trying to think outside the box. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, well, anything to get people more involved, right? Like this is the I guess the goal of it is to to get people more uh, uh, interested in in what is a really dry topic. So exactly, and I, I think there is a lot of value to uh, RPG as a uh, learning experience. Mm-hmm. And getting people to think differently and think outside the box. So I think there is value. I'm not sure this is a good use of it, but I think there is, is value to it. You know, I just I would just recommend the 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 same thing. 
you know, we said, you know, a couple topics ago, just let them have some fun. Just <laughs> run around, let them beat you up with sticks. I mean, oh, wait, no, this is this, this isn't is the 10-year-old safety. birthday party. This, <laughs> this is health. Sorry, no, sorry. I had the wrong tab open. <laughs> yeah, you've been watching YouTube videos of kids doing Jedi training because I'll tell you what, you right. lose an hour easily doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, oh, man. Okay, no, so anyways, continue. If, if health and safety, you think, like, okay, I agree that maybe health and safety isn't the best kind of area around this, because, yeah, you can end up with non-typical results when you're rolling dice, and I think the yeah. point of it is to kind of reinforce, you know, how things are actually dangerous. But, yeah. like, what would be a good idea of something that you could, you know, actually hmm. kind of um, use role-playing to, to teach more effectively? Well, like I said, you know, it's, it's used a lot more in... Um, you know, like like harassment and uh, sensitivity and and racial mm-hmm. equality type uh, awareness, but right. I don't know that 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 includes much <laughs> dice rolling per se. Mm-hmm. It's more of the true, you know, you say this and you say this. You know, how does that make you feel? Type thing. Um, Almost, yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Well, I I I think that probably what role playing could be used really well to teach would be history. And I think Zach could probably speak mm. to this since he's just had some hands-on experience doing exactly that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. The, the, the character aspect of say a Renaissance fair in general, not specifically what we do, but um, it's just, you know, it goes back to that immersion factor. Um, you know, the, the more immersed you are in the source material, more or less, um, you know, what, what's canon, more or less, what's period, mm-hmm. um, the, the more likely, say, kids or teenagers, you know, people were teaching with this museum um, more than others, mm-hmm. um, kind of helps them learn a lot easier helps them remember a lot easier because it was all this big, you know, charade, this big mm-hmm. act. Well, it makes them more first person than, than just a reciting mm-hmm. some dry history. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's interactive mm-hmm. is, is the, the real, the actual word I think that we need to stick with, yeah. with this. It's, it needs to be interactive and yes. uh, interactive and accurate. You know, if it's interactive and you know, irrelevant, it really doesn't matter. You know, if right. you try and throw something fun in with something mm-hmm. that doesn't fit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not going to be as effective. Well, it seems interesting. <clears throat> yeah, you're talking about uh, more scholastic uh, educational mm-hmm. uh, That's fair. application, which I think there's so many uses for. But on the corporate level, you know, it seems a little bit more, uh, it, it seems harder. Um, I think, and you know, another place that role playing is used a lot is uh, probably sales training. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you play out a a a sales experience, and then mm-hmm. roll the dice to see if they're successful or not. It wouldn't have, you know, you're you're really trying to to focus on the actual wording, the actual play, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure where the where that. You know how much of that would would apply in a corporate training session? Um, well, this this specifically this story says mm-hmm. they 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 work in a natural a national park. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be a little easier to 
that kind of connect with with a role playing style story or something. That's true. Yeah, you you know, I mean, if if you're dealing with something like uh, like wild animals, for example, I can see mm. not wanting to bring them into the role playing <laughs> uh, test, of course. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I punched the bear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. All right. There's a honey badger in front of you. Yeah. He lifts up a box, and there's a honey badger. <laughs> <laughs> what do you counter. do? Yes. <laughs> Roll the dice. <laughs> what's what's the honey badger's uh, alignment? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his and does he know that? What am I rolling against? <laughs> I roll for initiative. Too late. You've lost initiative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's gnawing on your hand now. <laughs> He's eating the dice. He's eating your but, rule but book. But that's yeah. But that's really what the what dice are for in any role playing game is to mm-hmm. represent. The, the possibility of, of danger. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you're trying to represent the possibility of danger, doing that, you're also representing the possibility that there won't be danger. Well, um, and I, I think well, if you just simply remove natural. dice from the equation, like, like dice aren't mm-hmm. intrinsically part of role-playing. I think Agreed. that role-playing like can be really useful in teaching things that, that like even if it, if it doesn't involve dice rolls you, you don't have to randomize the results to make it an rpg so uh like you know like i've heard of uh, civil war reenactors who get really into their characters mm. mm-hmm. and like it's not just like oh i'm playing a lieutenant if you spent six months working on hand stitching your jacket um like a lot of people like they've got names and personalities and occupations and lives constructed for the people who they're out there like you know so it's it it may look to the outsider like okay it's a bunch of guys in gray jackets shooting at a bunch of guys in blue jackets but if you stop and ask somebody they're going to be like oh well here let me show you this like bullet hole that i crafted because my guy was from this town and he got this jacket off a a soldier he found nearby dead and he's cleaned it up and da 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 like they've got like Mm -hmm. really elaborate backstories that a lot of times are specific to historical accuracies they're like well this town was known as a, a a mining town so my guy was a miner and blah 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 mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's a great way to dig more into a topic and and get more immersive if you put yourself literally in those shoes well that's yeah that's it's the role this, well, it's the same thing we do mm-hmm. that's the exact same thing we do yeah well the difference i think there's a slight difference in that that's the role-playing part of it but mm-hmm. but how much does the game come into it um you know and that's yeah. what i'm kind of saying you know like the the, the training exercises for, for corporations that is absolutely role playing. But I think if you add the game element and start rolling the dice, that, that becomes a different it gets a little yeah. thing. So than, you like than that more of a, a LARPing situation would be more, but even LARPing, you have the, the game element. It's, it's live action. It's, it's, well, there's, there's live action role playing, but it, but do you get the game part into it? The, the random, the random chance, or are you just getting in? And playing a role, um, I think that might be more successful. Almost like a uh, everybody plays a character in a yeah. scene, and you know, you know, you're the you know you being the person setting this up mm-hmm. or the GM, and you you tell them situations, and you know, oh here's the result, oh you slip and fall, and you know whatever, you know maybe going through different, almost like acting training, or, yeah, you know, yeah, and, something yeah. similar, and that has a lot of of use in in the you know, corporate training sector. But I think, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, but, but using, going back to your example of 
of history lessons. Mm-hmm. I think that has a that has a lot lot more opportunity to incorporate the the gaming stuff as well as the role playing. Yeah. So you are getting, you know, I not agree. just the immersion, but then you can say okay, you know, <laughs> back to kind of the kids playing make believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. shoot each other, but now how do we ter- determine if you really shot each other? Yeah, or using if, real you, bullets. if you hit, you know. Yeah, whatever. yeah. So then you can then you do get the uh some of the game chance and some of the you know, seeing how uh those uh percentages and and chance mm-hmm. Uh, comes into uh, how how battles were fought, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I have a very simple solution for this one. Awesome. Yeah. So this guy just needs to to sit down and create this this storyline that involves all of these different individual situations, all these hazards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody just sits around the table. They play. They play a campaign. They just play this campaign through with every, their characters. Every possible hazard. So it's like the worst day ever at this national park. It's like absolutely people but, are being mauled and by a tornado. Everybody plays this with campaign. Bear. <laughs> a bear and then, nado. You know, just you know, it's as kind of an orientation. But nobody does any work until the campaign's done. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a great yeah. idea. But then look, you know, you're trying to tell these people how dangerous it is, and they just use hero points. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. See, we'll be perfectly safe. We just burn yeah. a hero point. Yeah. It's okay. Just I'll, I'll just I'll just use a danger point as the GM. Yeah. Point, <laughs> yeah, point, yeah whatever. Yeah. Everyone's got. I'll a, give them more hazards. Everyone's <laughs> got bailout points, one way or the other. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I'll, okay. So last thing about the whole corporate RPG thing. Um, hmm. I, I will say one area of of thing that it, it actually is pretty successful on, uh, as far as like teaching boring corporate stuff gamifying without necessarily role-playing it um i've seen lots of um, uh training programs where they actually you know give you points for stuff and you're leveling up so like you know they're like okay if you take this training course you get 10 points if you get 100 points then you're like a uh whatever knowledge champion or you know something like that and is like a like achievements yeah actually xbox achievements exactly (laughs) like that like a lot of times these training things that they have will have little badges and flair that show up under your corporate profile and at the time like i've i've done plenty of this stuff and if you know it it water off the duck's back for me for some reason like it doesn't have any sway over me i'm like this is stupid but i had i thought you're i thought you were a completionist (laughs) you figure right but uh, no apparently i'm so inundated by video games at this point that i'm like yeah no this i recognize Uh, exactly for the sham that it is however (laughs) there's people that i work with that will like literally like kill somebody for flair like you know they're like you know, mm-hmm. so into it. They're like, oh my God, no, is there training I can take on something unrelated? Because I need, I only need like 50 more points to get up to the next level. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. So uh, it, it really is a strong motivator for certain people. Um, and like, if you can figure yeah. out a way to like, you know, make like, like gamify it in the terms of like rewarding with points, that kind of Skinner box knee jerk, like level up satisfaction you get is a real thing and can be exploited. The thing is, I think the training would have to be as interesting, though. Not even remotely. Like, trust me from no. experience. <laughs> no? These are boring-ass well, training things that people are totally willing to sit for for an hour so they can get a little picture that says, I survived, you know, like, yeah. PI disclosure training. Like, they love this. They eat it up. It's crazy. That's kind of the point, is trying to trying to make this boring stuff interesting, interesting. by making it a game. 
Yep. Without without having to change the actual content. Of course, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Genius. That's genius. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Any other things to talk about, gentlemen? Uh, not that I not that I know. I think of. we uh, I, I think we got it all. I'm gonna go kick we're, a honey we're... badger. Maybe we could kick a honey badger. That would lead to a, a bad day, Steve. <laughs> and a lot of paperwork. Badgers are small uh, and furry, right? Honey's sweet. How bad can it be? Okay, we got our villain for our next campaign. <laughs> the honey badger. That's that's gonna be the superhero villain name in our superhero. Yes. Game. Oh, yeah. that's the honey great. badger. That would yeah. be a great superhero. Villain. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. great. Oh, just like a total Batman ripoff, just like lurking through the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> I am the honey badger. <laughs> Did someone say honey? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. I'm writing it now. Oh, I'm God. writing it. <laughs> and we have an episode title. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's beautiful. His catchphrase is, honey badger, don't give a shit. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. That is beautiful. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to end this episode here. Um, slightly shorter episode. But I think at one point we have a... Uh, RPG reflection to throw in somewhere. So that might cool. be just the perfect little uh, place to put that. Okay. But thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. And uh, I had a great time, like always. And I look forward to the next one. And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletop radio hour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at tabletopcast if you have any questions or comments. You can join us over on Facebook.com slash Tabletop Radio Hour for regular updates. We also have an email address that is TabletopRadioHour at gmail.com. Our website, TabletopRadioHour.wordpress.com. You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening and keep rolling 20s.